Hello my beautiful humans, my name is B, and this is I'm 1 in 10, a podcast about living life with endometriosis. I'm grateful for everyone that's tuned in today to listen. You can reach out to me on Facebook or Instagram as I'm 1 in 10. Also, if you do enjoy this podcast, please give it a review on iTunes as it really helps us out. The person I'm talking to today is JC. She is absolutely beautiful. She has a very touching story. She actually was misdiagnosed and didn't find out about having endometriosis for years. She's absolutely lovely and I'm so grateful I got to speak to her today and learn a lot more about her. It really helped listening to her story and I could really relate, so I hope it helps you guys too. Here she is now and I hope you guys enjoy it. Alright, so to start off today, the question I ask everyone on the podcast, what is your self-care tip? My self-care tip is to splurge a little bit and um, (laughs) take care of myself in like a kind of a way that I think most women sometimes do this, but I love to go get my hair cut and get my nails done, get my eyebrows done. Feeling fresh. (laughs) Feeling fresh and try and do it all in one day so that 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 day that I do it all, I just feel amazing and um, I don't let myself feel guilty about it, not about spending Mm -hmm. the money or anything like that or spending the time even. Yeah, and just really enjoy the process and um, feel fabulous for the rest of the week, really. (laughs) Definitely. It feels so good when you get home and it's like, oh, I'm new. (laughs) It does. And then especially if you have an event or something, you just feel that much more spruced up when you've you've taken the time to, you know, do the things that that you like to do to fix yourself up. Yes, I my, like my number one go-to is getting a tan. Oh, the best! <laughs> you feel like you've lost ten kilos. A hundred percent. And then everyone says, if you can't tone it, tan. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's just the best feeling, and like it doesn't matter where I'm going. I'm just like, I feel good. A hundred percent. Your clothes fit a bit better. You shine yep. a little brighter. <laughs> Everything just looks good. And then the haircut. When you get a haircut, that's like something new. Seriously, it's the best feeling. <laughs> uh, I think that's a good tip. So do you want to tell us a little bit about yourself? Sure. So my name is JC. I'm just turned 25, actually, and um, yep. I got married a month or so ago. Congratulations. Thank you so much. <laughs> I've been seeing the photos on um on your Instagram and you look oh, gorgeous. Been, thank you. I've been spamming a little bit, but I just got the photos back, so I'm I'm too overexcited to not share yeah. them. <laughs> Why not? <laughs> exactly, exactly. Okay, I went to university for six years. I studied a Bachelor of Business at Ooh. UTS and um, I now work in marketing for a medical engineering company. Oh wow. And <laughs> yeah, it's exciting stuff. We do some pretty cool technology. Yeah, and I bet. On the side, I work as a makeup artist on the weekends. So I do lots of um, lots of little bits and pieces here and there. But that's pretty cool. Yeah, keeps me busy. <laughs> I bet, and especially working. Do you, so do you get time off? <laughs> I know here and there, <laughs> but it's worth it when it happens. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> Oh, how exciting. All right. So when did you start struggling with endometriosis? You were quite young. 
Yes. So when I started struggling with endometriosis, I didn't even know that's what it was. And I, I believe that's the case for most women, Mm -hmm. which is so unfortunate because, you know, for me, it started when I was 13 years old and in my head, that's just too young for someone to be going through what I was going through. And I know it's becoming more and more common and it's, it's so sad because these things are happening to you and you, you just like, is this normal? Mm-hmm. How do I explain it to my mom? And then my mom yeah. might think it's just normal period pain. And she's like, yeah, honey, this is it. You're being dramatic. <laughs> yeah, you're being dramatic, which is the worst thing I think that you can say to someone with endometriosis yeah. because not only do people who don't have it not understand, but we sometimes don't even understand each other because we all feel it in different ways and it affects our lives in different ways as well. Yeah, and when you're 13, you don't even like – just normal without endometriosis, getting a period and all of that is so scary. Absolutely. That's terrifying enough, let alone, you know, <laughs> throwing into the mix all these symptoms, which is yeah. just, it's so confronting at that age. And you can't really, you don't have the words to explain the kind of pain that you're going through. Like you don't know who you even are, let alone what's happening with your absolutely. body. Absolutely. Absolutely. You don't have the words, you don't have the knowledge even because I find like most of my education of um, of women's health came from probably the internet rather than like mm-hmm. school. And at that age, we didn't really have much of that. So, yeah, it's it's really hard. It's really scary. Yeah. And Australia's like sex ed is just ridiculous. I feel like America as well, like it's literally like don't have sex, you'll die. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I, like literally I went to a Catholic school, so it was yep, pretty same. much it was pretty much those words, to be honest. <laughs> they didn't I think they showed us like a couple of photos of what herpes looks like and all of that, but they didn't talk about periods at all. Yeah. There was no mention of like sometimes you're gonna feel like this. There was nothing, no educate. I am so against the education system when it comes to sex ed because I just feel like it. No one have sex, and if you don't do that, you'll be fine. Wait till you're married, and then I think they like brought out a banana with a condom and they showed us that, and that was it. And I, like I, oh that, I was in year twelve when that happened, and I was year like, twelve. Oh yeah. my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> it's just Good crazy. old Catholic. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't make sense at all. It really doesn't. And Bad. it's just they they just have to do better. We didn't even have half of that to be honest. And oh, really? I no, we didn't. And I wish that they put more focus on like it doesn't even have to be um focused on sex itself, but just women's health. We, we mm-hmm. I was at an all girls Catholic school. Why why wouldn't that be appropriate? Yeah, exactly. See, I went to co-ed and I thought at that age, like they would have split us up and explained the different things that each sex was going through and then explained to us what other sexes are going through and everything. But yeah. to be at a, um all-girls school and not get women's health is quite crazy. It, it seriously is. It's mind-blowing and it has to change. A hundred percent. I'm all for the change. I think, <laughs> wait, hold on. <laughs> like We're in year 12. This is the time where people are probably having sex and there's all it is is like don't do it it's not about safe sex or anything like that especially when it comes to women it was mostly here have a condom and like they give out free condoms and they don't talk about anything else and it's like come on guys oh my gosh (laughs) it's just it's not gonna work i know even like the 
the basic explanation of a period. Like they taught us the very, very fundamentals. But it wasn't until I saw my family doctor at maybe 16 or 17 when I was trying to explain my period pain and Mm -hmm. she actually said to me, imagine your uterus as a muscle and it's actually squeezing itself to try and squeeze the blood out. And that was the first time, that was the first time in all those years I'd had my period for at least three or four years at that point that I actually understood how period pain came about. Why? Like that's (laughs) so bad. I should have known earlier than that. It's something that's happened to to me. Yeah, exactly. If it's not taught to you, how do you know? Yeah, and that's what school's there for. In Australia, like our Catholic and Christian, Anglican, all of that, our colleges are quite expensive. So your parents are paying for good money for you to get a good education. And it's got nothing. It's not even like the sex ed side. There's no mental health, nothing. And like, I don't even feel like they teach with taxes and all of that stuff. But I could go on for days about this. It annoys me so much. But I have to agree. (laughs) Anyway, so when you first started getting your period, were you missing school or anything like that? Yes. So my very, very first ever period, I still remember it. I had the worst cramps ever, just, you know, classic endometriosis symptoms, uh, really bad period pain, really heavy period. Like I remember I had this little packet of Libra Ultra Thins for years mm. because I was like, oh, my gosh, I'm going to get my period soon. I'm going to be a yeah. woman. <laughs> and I got my first period and I tried to use it. I'm like, uh-uh, this isn't going to cut it. With. No. <laughs> Mom, I need some overnight pads. And so, like, I literally still to this day have never been able to have a period using just normal Ultra Thin pads. I envy my Same. friends who can, yeah, who can just use normal pads and tampons. I have to buy no, no the expensive eight, nine dollar, you know, overnight really long pads or the maternity yep. pads. It's the only thing that works. But yeah, that very first period, I'm pretty sure it was age 13. It was mm-hmm. extremely heavy and it was so painful. I had no idea what was going on or I just thought this must be normal and this is terrifying. Yep. None of my other friends mentioned it being this bad. Yeah, and, that's um, the thing. Yeah. Even at that no age, I still, they don't. I hadn't even mastered swallowing tablets at that age. So I used to take dissolvable Panadol Mm. and try and skull that down to try and mask the pain a little bit. But um, it really started to just not help at all. And there would be days where I would go to work in the morning and just burst into tears within the first hour because I was in that much pain. I couldn't Mm. even stand upright. I would feel so sick, and this is TMI, but I would have diarrhea every single time. And um, I just, it was just the combination of everything, like a really, really sore tummy. And then also the cramps and just feeling nauseous constantly. It was horrible. And that was every single month. Uh, This was at uh, age 15, 16. Oh, yes, yeah, so it was so during hard. school and work. Yeah, yeah. So I would be at school sitting in class and my teacher would just say to me, JC, you okay? You look you look white as a ghost and I would yeah. burst into tears mm-hmm. and have to go to sick bay. I can't even think about how much time I was I spent in sick bay. I started to memorize the pattern of the tiles. Yeah. <laughs> just because I was there so often, but Yeah. <laughs> you know, it was you need either, some yeah, but even that didn't help. It's like I either sit in in class and be in pain or I can sit in sick bay and be in pain because all they were allowed to give you was a bit of Panadol. Mm-hmm. And um, so I would either spend those days at home 
in bed with a hot water bottle or in sick bay. And it's like they um, even at school with the sick bay, like that's a nurse and they're still not able to help accordingly. Yeah. I know for my school, um, they had to call my parents before they could even give me Penadol. So I had to yep. get permission first. And it's like, dude, I'm in pain like right exactly. now. You can't get onto my mum because she's in a meeting. Like this isn't, I can't just sit here and do this. And you, the last place you want to be is at work or school when you're in pain. Like 100%. <laughs> the worst. 100%. And so when did you first find out about having endometriosis were you quite young or I honestly it was okay so got my first period around 13 and then a couple years ago I was 23 Mm -hmm. I um actually before that I went to see my family GP and I told her about all these pains and she said they it sounds like classic PCOS polycystic ovarian syndrome um here's a test to go and get some ultrasounds and come back and see me. So I did that, came back, and she said, oh, yes, you have PCOS. And um, she put me on a medication called metformin, mm-hmm. and that was to help insulin resistance. And she told me to eat healthy and exercise. Oh, thanks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and she suggested I take Nurofen or Naprogesic. And Naprogesic mm-hmm. honestly has been a lifesaver for me. I sh- I've probably should yeah. own shares at this point but so for a long time I thought that I just had PCOS and it wasn't until I changed doctors and I started seeing a new family doctor after the first one retired and I just went over my whole spiel I'm like yeah I have really bad period pain um it's it's really bad I can't do anything when it's happening yeah. and he said have you seen a gynecologist about it and I said no I haven't so he gave me a referral. I finally went to see a gynecologist. This is at age 23 and mm-hmm. she was amazing. She was the first doctor or medical professional really that I ever met that really took my symptoms seriously. Yeah. And not only that, but she sympathized with me and she actually said to me, it's not normal for you to have this pain. And I felt like crying when she said that just because someone finally agreed with me that this can't be right. Like it cannot be normal to be in this much pain for, you know, for five to seven to eight days every single month. It's too much time. It's too much time that I'm missing out of my precious life. And I'm just wasting it away in the fetal position. Like, it can't be normal. And so many people were trying to tell me that it was. Even my mom, God bless her, I love my mom, but yeah. I don't think she understood just how bad it was because she also had um, pretty bad period pain. And you just don't think that there actually could be a medical reason as to why yeah. this is happening to you. Exactly. And when you're not told about it, like when doctors are like, oh, well, go on the pill, this will stop it, you just yeah. don't have any further thought from that and you just I know for myself I was even told like you know some people just have painful periods and I was like okay I'm I'm just one of those people then one of those lucky people yeah (laughs) Yeah, and I just thought nothing of it from then Mm because you go to these doctors and you trust them and they are meant to study and know more than what you do and then like sometimes doctor googles <laughs> yeah it helps you in a way that doctors can't and it's so rewarding when you find a doctor or like gynecologist anything like that where they stop and listen to you when doctors are just telling you like it's just a painful period and then you meet someone and they're like telling you 
hold on one sec. Okay, I get cramps, but you shouldn't be cramping for like seven days in a row. And it's, well, yeah, but I just have a painful period. Like my doctor told me that. <laughs> exactly. Oh, I could not agree more. And that's exactly how I felt when I met this doctor. And I should also mention previous doctors um, suggested that I go on the pill or yeah. know, other hormonal contraceptions. But um, just given my my background come from like a religious background I, w- I wasn't that keen on any hormonal contraceptions mm-hmm. um and I just was also a bit scared of them I didn't really want to take anything that was going to yeah. mess with my hormones when my hormones hadn't even really balanced out I was still so young and growing yeah and, and I it- think um our age group was very like the pill and all of that will make you put on weight and yes. like, there was a lot of um different theories behind the pill that were quite scary a hundred percent. And I actually, at one point was so desperate. This is right before I saw the gynecologist. I was so desperate just for the pain to stop that I had the Depot Provera shot, um, which totally stops your period, Mm -hmm. but I gained 15 kilos on that. And it was awful. I, I spent pretty much like three or four years just trying to lose that weight. Yeah. Uh, and it's the side effects of like taking, all of these medicines, it's like you've got to weigh up if yeah. it's worth it or not. And when you're yeah. so young, it's like, well, I don't know <laughs> if it's worth it or not. Exactly. Like, it's like, do you want to get fat? Do you want yeah. to gain 15 kilos or do you want to die from period pain every month? Which one? And, <laughs> and I feel like a lot of girls are going to choose the period pain as bad yeah. as it is. Society has viewed it, how dare you put on weight mm-hmm. <laughs> when you're trying to stop yourself from being in pain. Absolutely. And it's just so awful. Like we shouldn't even have to choose really. Yeah. But all that said, it's still not It's still not getting to the root cause of like why is it happening to me though? It's, mm-hmm. it's just like a band. To me, it's just a band aid solution, the pill or contraceptions. Yeah. If if you haven't like fully investigated why it's actually happening to you and what's going on inside. So when you go on these birth control pills, you are stopping your period, so you're not getting the pain, but the endometriosis is still growing. That's right, exactly. And as soon as like I see all these stories where these women get off of birth control and they're like, I'm in the worst pain I've ever been in my life, and it's like because. Mm-hmm. This whole time you've just let it grow. Like it's even PCOS, like the whole time you're just masking symptoms. Exactly, exactly. And what about people who say, oh, don't worry, it will get better when you have a baby? Uh, well, <laughs> this that annoys really me so much, so much. It's and completely it's, ignorant to so many things. The number yeah. one being that endometriosis is a leading cause of, of infertility. Yeah. So you just cannot say that to someone. It's it's the most insensitive thing. I know, I know that I a lot of people a... come from a good place when they say that, but it really it's really frustrating. Yeah. And it's seen as this most amazing cure. You're so lucky you can just have a kid and then all of this is gone. And it's like, well, first of all, when you're talking endometriosis and especially when it's been left for so long and it you're getting into stages like three and four you're at a higher risk of infertility and then you've got to be looking at IVF all of this stuff like it's not like okay I'll just go have a kid yeah and I think it's like a 50 50 for women that they might stop having pain during their pregnancy but then as soon as their pregnancy is over they're back at square one and it's like well that didn't do anything 
my heart really breaks for the people that were told to have a hysterectomy and they went through with it. When it comes to women health issues, they're like, you know what, f*** it, dismissed completely. And it's, well, deal with it. And it's like a mental struggle as well. Even as you said, like there was so long in between 13 to 23 of, okay, you think you have PCOS and then things are changing. How as a 13-year-old or 16-year-old, anything like that young to deal with the fact that you might have PCOS to find out in your 20s that it wasn't even that. Exactly. It's just, oh, my God, it's so frustrating. <laughs> it makes me so upset, but there's nothing that I could have, like, what could I have done at that yeah. age? It's just so, it's so frustrating. But I am glad that I found the doctor, the surgeon that um that I did end up finding. Yeah. Did you get your surgery through the same, like, appointment with that gynecologist that you found? Uh, it took a couple of appointments. So the first, in the first appointment um, where she validated me, the first person, and said that um, that it's not normal for this to happen to me and she wants to investigate further, I, I just felt so relieved that someone just yeah. was taking me seriously and she wanted to do a physical examination. So she did that and then she sent me to, um, sorry, she sat me down in her office after she'd done the physical examination, I told her all my symptoms for the past 10 years. Yeah. And she said, JC, have you ever heard of the word endometriosis? And I had, but I didn't know much about it because yeah. I didn't think that I had it. And she said, I really do think that it's a possibility for you, um, something that you could be struggling with, and I want to look into it further. So she sent me to do some um, extensive blood work. And that was like, you know, the three-hour blood test, the one where yeah. you have to have a blood test every hour and you have to drink the sugary drink and it's just so gross. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I had to do that as well as some other tests, um, some ultrasounds. And when I went back to her, um, that's when she confirmed that she did think it was endometriosis, but really the only way was to to guarantee um, and, to, and to remove it was through the surgery. And... At the time, I didn't have health insurance. I think I had health insurance, just the extras, but I had taken off yeah. hospital just because it was getting really expensive for myself yeah. and my family. And honestly, it was only off for a couple of months. And because of that, when I um, went to renew my health insurance, I still had to wait 12 months before I could be seen oh. in a, a private hospital. And otherwise, I would have to wait on the public hospital list. But there was no guarantee that, A, it was going to be my surgeon, my doctor that I had mm-hmm. been seeing, the gynecologist, and, B, that it would even be faster than just waiting for the, my private health insurance to kick in again. So I did wait for it's it ridiculous. to kick in again. However, that's, it doesn't actually cover it all. So yeah, I, I <laughs> had the bill and I didn't want to change doctors because it was the first doctor that I finally felt comfortable with. And yeah. we had set up the surgery and I was hopeful for it. So I actually looked into it and I saw that you could withdraw your super to pay mm-hmm. for your surgery. It is not an easy process, <laughs> let me tell you that. The ATO sure makes you jump through hoops to get your money. Oh. Um, in a, It was so difficult. And, um, yeah, so lots of forms. I remember I submitted my form and it was it was actually cutting it really fine. And I called the ATO and I said, I haven't heard anything back. When would I normally hear back? It's been four weeks. And yeah. they said, oh, it should have been a week. 
And I said, well, I put it four weeks ago. And she said, oh, did you happen to submit your form on this day? And I said, yes. She's like, oh, on that day we had an outage and we lost all the applications. Can no. you submit it again? Oh, I'll never forget oh, it. And oh. I was just like, are you kidding me? <laughs> my doctor <laughs> is waiting for this final payment before I can have my surgery. And you're just sitting here telling me that, oh, yeah, no, nah, we lost our forms that day. <laughs> and to not think to, like, maybe she didn't mention out, it like, yes <laughs> no nothing not even at the beginning of the call that was like towards the end she's like oh yeah was it this day oh god <laughs> anyway Thank so you. I did yeah I did get my money finally and that's how I was able to pay the gap for my surgery which is really hard because you know I was only 23 24 and I'm just a student um trying to get through my degree and I don't didn't earn a lot of money so um, it was yeah. hard for me to pay for that surgery. So I'm really glad that I was able to do that. However, now I don't have much super left. So it's just like it's kind of a catch-22. Yeah, there's no win. There's no win. But um, when I finally did have the surgery, I had no idea what to expect. I actually arrived to the hospital not even realising that I would have to stay overnight. And when I when I checked in, she was like, oh, so have you got your overnight bag? And I was like, pardon? I know one surgery I had they like sat me down and they're like this is what's gonna happen you're gonna be overnight all of this and then the next surgery I had they were they called me and they're like okay just letting you know you're having your surgery and I was like yeah (laughs) are you gonna tell me what's happening exactly exactly (laughs) it's really frightening hospital is like already an extremely you know extremely sterile place where you don't feel like your emotions are taking into account to begin with so all those things combined and they're they're so used to just working there and they don't think about the experience you're having exactly it's not really the individual's perspective and you know there's a lot of amazing doctors and nurses out there but it it still doesn't change the fact that hospital is really scary yeah (laughs) and I feel like it's such a hit and miss to find a good doctor and nurse I agree. I agree. And yeah, so I had the surgery and I remember my first memory was um, after the surgery was waking up in recovery and I just, I know this sounds so dramatic, but it truly felt like I was fighting for my life. I felt like I couldn't breathe. I, I couldn't think straight. I was just like terrified. I was in pain. I desperately needed to go to the toilet, but I didn't know how to speak. I couldn't speak. Yeah. And it's just so scary. It's terrifying. I have nightmares of that moment of just waking yeah. up all the time and it was just really scary <laughs> no I understand i've like I've had I know coming out of anesthetic like there's moments where it's like am I not breathing right now? And like, I can't get myself to breathe. My thoughts are then like, you're not breathing. (laughs) And then like, you have a nurse being like, Brooke, make sure you're breathing. And it's like, I can't. (laughs) It's It's scary. It's really scary. It is. It seriously is. And, you know, especially the first time you do not know what to expect. I didn't know what was going to be like taped to me or what was on me. So I didn't realize that I actually had like a catheter in, I didn't realize that I had some compression things around my legs. Like I didn't know what was going on. It was yeah. so, so, so scary. I was terrified. And um, I remember, thank goodness, my doctor came to see me straight afterwards and she said, I remember everything, but she actually said, you probably won't remember this. 
Mm-hmm. But and I was just like I said to myself, JC, switch that record <laughs> button on, rem- like memorize everything this doctor is about to say to you. Yeah. <laughs> and I do remember she said to me, um, it was quite bad. It we found the endometriosis on and she told me the locations that she found it and she said that it was stage yeah. three endometriosis, but mm-hmm. she was happy with what she was able to remove. And that she would come and see me the next day. Do you know what type of um, removal process they did at all? So it was a, um, I might pronounce this wrong, but it was a laparoscopy. Yeah. And hysteres, no, hysteroscopy. (laughs) Oh, now I'm stuck. (laughs) (laughs) It's definitely not a hysterectomy. It's the other one. Did they burn it off or did they cut it out I'm actually not sure I'm yeah. not sure what they did yeah but um but yeah she took lots of photos and mm. which was really good because I was able to see those in my follow-up appointment and understand finally and see this is what was happening inside yeah. of me so yeah recovery the from that surgery crazy. they are crazy recovery oh. from that surgery was really hard I did not expect it to be that difficult um just being in a lot of pain and feeling very scared and in a room with other women um thank god for my mum and my husband my now husband who just stood by my side and really um were there for me in those extremely oh, vulnerable moments because yeah there's nothing like that, that recovery from the laparoscopy surgery. Uh, it's the weirdest feeling. It really like, is. And then the gas. Oh, oh my. <laughs> the gas. <laughs> the, I think every single girl who's gone through this surgery would have the exact same reaction as us right now. <laughs> it, did you get it in your shoulder? Like I didn't. I was so lucky I didn't oh. get it in my shoulder, but I got it in my stomach. Because you feel like you're so bloated, stretched to the limits, bloated. And then Absolutely. the shoulder pain. Like the first surgery I had was I woke up and I remember them asking me if I'm in pain. And I was like, my shoulder. And everyone, my partner just looked at me like, what the fuck? Yeah, why would your shoulder be in pain? <laughs> I, like, I couldn't explain it, but it, it literally feels like you've broken your collarbone and it's oh like this weird feeling. For the first couple of days from the first surgery, I was just dealing with the gas, but from my second surgery, like I didn't get the shoulder pain at all. I got the gas feeling in my ribs. Oh, and no. That was, oh, it's just horrendous and I just can't get over the bloat. I feel like that's what pregnant women feel like when they're overdue. <laughs> oh, I never thought about that actually. That's so scary though. I I was went in fully prepared for the arm, the shoulder pain because that's what <laughs> like some of my cousins who have had the surgery told me about. But I didn't get it. I'm so lucky, but I really, really got it badly in my stomach and abdomen. Yeah. It was so, so, so uncomfortable. It's almost like you just need to do multiple farts, but you can't. Yeah. Beyond constipation. Yeah. Yes, yes. (laughs) And like for days, for days. And like you said, it is like your stomach is stretched to the limits. Mm -hmm. It was like I have a photo of mine. Um and it's just like a balloon almost, like yeah. you could put a pin in and it would pop. It was the most uncomfortable feeling and rock hard as well. So yeah, that's the thing, like it's not squishy. Yeah, it's so, <laughs> so hard. 
<laughs> and then you have like these wounds in your belly button and yeah. um and around your pelvis, which just really, really hurts too. They sting. And it's just like, what a combination. Yeah. It surprises me that they don't try and somehow like release some some gas <laughs> before you wake up. But I don't know the process of it. I couldn't tell you. So I don't know if it's not a thing that they can do, if it has to just I release think, itself naturally. I think my doctor said that they try and suck it out at the end. <laughs> I could oh, be wrong though. <laughs> But how much are they using if we wake up and our bellies are like that? And then they're I like, know, oh, we took I know. some that. Yeah, I know. It's so true. <laughs> oh, God. And so what happened after you found out you had endometriosis? So the doctor told me that she found it um, on both sides of my pelvis. Um, it was on the top of my uterus mm. and wrapped around my rectum which explains why I had such sharp pains whenever I needed to do a number two yeah uh, whenever I had my period and because like it was I had diarrhea but also extremely extremely sharp pains like almost as if there were knives and she said that would definitely explain why that was happening and um that's so validating yeah it was and it was just like oh my gosh I'm not going crazy yeah even that like you wouldn't think that maybe it it had anything to do with your periods but to finally have answers and just know that's why this is happening it finally finally gave me at least some relief yeah Um, my doctor also inserted a marina during the surgery because she said that it it could help um stunt the growth of endometriosis coming back yeah and also was about to get married in a few months so she said that it would be a good idea and um, whether it be the marina or the surgery, I bled for three months afterwards, oh. and, which I think is common for the marina. And yeah. um, it was um, it was definitely tricky, but um, it was worth it because now the marina has sort of settled and um, and seems to be doing a little bit better now. It's been I had it in May in this year, so how okay, was that yeah. been? June, July, August, September, October, November. It's been six months since my surgery. Yeah. And it's it hasn't definitely hasn't cured my symptoms. Mm-hmm. But I do feel relief knowing that I'm not crazy because when you go into that surgery, there's a very real chance that you could wake up after going having undergone everything and the doctor could say to you, No, I couldn't find anything. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And that's so scary. It is. I don't know what would be worse because it's like, well, then, number one, you just went through all that trouble and expense and toll on your body. And number two, why is it happening then if that's not yeah. the answer? Yeah. So it's it's twofold. I was relieved but also it's still a battle every single day. Um, yeah. You never know what, what each day is going to be like. You never know what every period is going to be like. At the moment I've been bleeding for 26 days straight. Uh, with no explanation so it's just crazy this is just endometriosis I see it happens uh, to a lot of girls like the the long lengthy periods and everything and I'm like I just can't like I don't suffer from that and I'm quite grateful for that when people that do suffer from endometriosis and they only suffer it from when it's around your period and they're having these long periods I, I just can't imagine what it would feel like to just wake up every single day and know that you've got your period. Yeah, it's so bad. It's just like, when is this going to end? 
And has like the doctor given you any tips or anything? They're just like, oh, okay, this is what you've got to deal with. She hasn't said. I haven't been able to see her actually to tell her about this one, but I'm yeah. definitely going to be looking for some answers at my next appointment. That's the thing, though. It's just so it's so expensive for me to mm-hmm. go, and so hard to get time off work. I I really, really don't know how people do it when they work full time. Let alone yeah. if they're a mother, even more so. I I bow down to you because I honestly really struggle to get time off work and the the money also to make appointments and yeah. go and see a specialist you know and it's really tricky especially when they're not nearby when they're not local and they're only open from 10 till 3 or 10 yeah till five. So what do you stupid. do what am I supposed to do I can't take time off work all the time I'm, I'm yeah. already using all my sick leave to for the actual symptoms themselves so it's just it's such a struggle and it breaks my heart. Yeah. Does your boss know that you have endometriosis? No, they don't. It's just because, like, fairly new workplace and I don't know how to yeah. bring up the topic. Yeah, and I think a lot of women struggle with that as well. For sure. I told my boss and I got, like, <laughs> some mixed reactions and I was like, maybe I shouldn't have. <laughs> really? Wow. Yeah. <laughs> so I think some people, like, it – if at the end of the day, whether they're your boss or not, whoever you tell that you have endometriosis, if, if they don't understand chronic pain, they're not going to understand. That's very true. That's true. And then they, everyone has to, you know, oh, have you tried yoga? <laughs> oh, my gosh. Have you tried drinking <laughs> celery juice that will cure your endometriosis? Again. <laughs> oh, my gosh. It really frustrates me. It's yeah. so frustrating. Or what about people who say they've cured their endometriosis? Oh, that... <laughs> It makes me go into I feel like it's so misleading. When I first found out about endometriosis, I had no clue what it was. And if I was reading those kind of things, I would have done it. If they were like, you know what, I wake up at 5.30 in the morning, I have celery juice, I'm raw vegan, I do this, this and this, and I cured my endometriosis, I would have done it because I would have been like, hell yeah, I'm curing my endometriosis. Whereas now I'm like, wait, you can't. No cure. <laughs> no way I don't it's so misleading I see it on Instagram and stuff like the girls that fall into that or like they sell like little vitamins and like creams and stuff come on these are only things that can help with symptoms they're not things that can cure it exactly it's exactly. crazy so spot on and so I heard you say before your cousins had um a similar surgery do you does endometriosis run in your family? I am honestly not sure. I know one of actually two of my aunties have had the surgery multiple times, mm-hmm. um, but they're actually not like my blood aunties. They're married okay. into our family. However, yeah. my mum had similar um, issues her whole life, and so did some of my other cousins who are my relatives. So I wonder, um, you know, if they were to have the same surgery as me, what would their outcome be? Yeah. Have they just been putting up with this their whole life because they, A, thought that it was normal, B, didn't even know what endometriosis was, or C, even know that they can can look into this and treat it? And so it really makes me wonder. It really makes me wonder. And I now that, like, girls in our generation are actually – that the – the word is getting out there so people know what yeah. it is more often. Our, um, the older generation of I feel like women were taught to you just shut up. 
Like yeah, you don't, exactly. <laughs> you don't need to talk, and especially you don't talk about your period. Oh, yeah. Even infertility, all of that. Like it's like you just don't talk about it. Whereas our generation's like, nah, let's be heard. <laughs> exactly, let's be heard. And especially, I get frustrated when people think that you shouldn't talk about it to your husband or brothers. Yeah. Like, why not? My husband probably knows more about endometriosis than I do because mm-hmm. because he takes it seriously he actually cares about the things that are happening to me and he does his own research. And so how do you think endometriosis has affected you? Wow. In so many ways, it Mm -hmm. has made me miss out on valuable moments of my life. I remember on my birthday when I was turning 17, I was just like supposed to go out and it's like, guys, I I can't. I'm so sick. It's made me miss valuable moments. It's cost me so much money and time it has made me self-conscious in the past mm-hmm. it has made me upset depressed and sad because of, it's something that I couldn't control yeah it's just affected me in so many ways and I'm honestly scared to think of the ways that it could continue to affect me yeah I think it's a hard-hitting thing when you're told like you're not gonna get better yes for sure and, and that it could come back you go through all this surgery and yeah and then you hear of, of poor women who have done it like six or seven times. God, oh, my goodness, I can't even, <laughs> I can't even, you know, mentally think of the strength that you would need to go through all that again just for unguaranteed relief. Yeah, and then it's it, it takes a lot out of you mentally and physically just to recover from surgery. For sure. Let for alone sure. The, the endo side of things. And I feel like a lot of women would relate with you like you miss out on a lot I know even for myself there's times that I just want to go see my mum but she lives like an hour and 15 minutes away from me and Mm. I'm in pain and I'm just like I'm just gonna stay in bed I can't think of anything that would make me want to get out of bed when you're in so much pain and like you need to be close to the toilet you need to have Mm. all your things that's right oh my gosh what about all the bed sheets that I've ruined (laughs) (laughs) amen peace to those um to those clothes and oh my goodness the number of times it's happened, university lectures, I can't yeah. even. <laughs> yeah. And so have you found a way to cope with everything as well, like mentally and physically with the endometriosis? Do you feel like the birth control is working well for you? I guess it's it's something that I'm working on every day. The marina started off being okay. It definitely helped with my symptoms a little bit, but that's all it does. It just helps symptoms. There really is... I I'm I know I sound a bit cynical, but it's just because there is no cure, and I just yeah, it's it's just sad to think that this could be a reality until menopause. So yeah, you know, I've definitely learned some tips as um as I've dealt with it for the past ten years. Things like waking up at five a.m. to take an aphrodisiac so that I can um start to you know hit the pain before it hits me. And things like always having a hot water bottle at work and in the car mm-hmm. and things like that. Like it's all just things that help manage it. But I, I really haven't found a way to stop it affecting my life. And it's quite difficult to find. Like I feel like you have to go through so many different things to just try and find something that suits your body. Everyone's so different. Yeah, it's so true. And what works for one doesn't work 
necessarily work for the others. Like I've heard lots of bad things about the Marina as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've just been lucky that it's been um, good to me so far. And it's even with the stages of endometriosis, like you can be at a stage one but feel worse than someone that's at stage four or be at a stage four and not even know you have it. It's crazy because it's literally everyone's so different. Exactly, exactly. It doesn't grow in the same places for everyone. It doesn't, yeah. you know, it doesn't give the same pain to all different kinds of people so it's just like even though we relate to each other we might not even be feeling the same things it's crazy yeah Yeah, exactly I think it's um it's a nice community to be in because they're like okay well your pain might not be the same as mine but I know what that pain feels like and I'm here for you and I believe you and I understand you those things it's just it really does it, it really is like you said a great community to be in especially as a sufferer like us, for sure, for sure, because you can start to go crazy if you listen to too many people saying, but you don't look sick and what do you mean and (laughs) why don't you get a better doctor? Oh, Oh, you were fine yesterday. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, exactly. Oh, there's so many things that I'm just like, you know what, shut your mouth. (laughs) You don't understand. You You do not know. For myself, I can't – I work full time as well. I can't, I've got quite a physical job. I can't be on heavy drugs at work. And then people are like, oh, either they'll tell me that like I look drained or like I'll walk past someone. They're like, are you all right? And it's like, you don't even want to know. And then you get home and you have to take this medicine just to take an inch, (laughs) just a tiny little inch off of it. And then you just like lay down and it's like, I can't move. And I'm not moving. (laughs) Exactly. All plans to do anything just go straight out the window at that point. Mm-hmm. even at times where it's like I haven't eaten all day because you feel nauseous and then like you get home and you're like I have to eat but you're in so much pain that you don't want to cook and it's such a vicious circle sometimes I think seriously is especially when you need to eat to take the medicine yes yeah exactly <laughs> It blows my mind that, like, there's all these women out here that are having such a different experience but experiencing the same thing. Mm-hmm. For sure. It's so true. And then, like, all of us could be, like, we're all going to our doctors and, like, nothing's being done about it and it's like, come on, guys. But I know, like, um, Endometriosis Australia, they're doing, like, some great things for it and everything. We've got March as our awareness month and everything like that. So hopefully in time it's not even a Yes, I do have faith. And Triple J yeah. Hack, they've been they've also yeah. shown a lot of light on endometriosis, which has been amazing. I, I learned so much from that. Things that even <laughs> I didn't know. And I'm like, if this is what, you know, thousands of people are hearing that I'm so happy, but it needs mm-hmm. there needs to be more. There just has to. And something yeah. has to be done because we can't live like this every single day and and be and be expected to live a normal life and go to work yeah. normal hours and not be able to see our doctors and not pay for our medicines and our treatments. Like it just doesn't work that way. We have to be taken seriously. Amen, sister. <laughs> so, <laughs> I'm going to ask you, just tell me how you feel, but what does endometriosis mean to you? Endometriosis means I'm in pain and I don't know how to stop it. Mm-hmm. And it means that there's no uncertainty. There's no cert- sorry. There's no certainty of how I wake up feeling each day. There's no certainty that I'll be able to have children. Yeah, and it's it's really upsetting. It's scary, but I feel like we are the strongest people you're ever met. Yes, that's so <laughs> like, true. 
Like you can try and hurt me, but you don't know what my uterus does to me. Yeah, (laughs) exactly. It makes you so strong and it shows you what you can and can't handle. Even if you're sitting in a hospital in the RE waiting to be looked at, the fact that you are just still living in that moment like makes you such a strong person, you know? Exactly, exactly. Thank you so much for coming on. And thank you for telling your story. I'm sure that a lot of people will relate to you. I've related to you. (laughs) Thank you so much for having me. I'm so happy that people like you are doing active things to try and spread the word and make change because we need to. Oh, thank you. And so did you want to self-plug your little beauty industry business you've got going on? <laughs> well, my Instagram page is JC, J-A-Y-C-E-E, and then B with three E's, yep, JCB. <laughs> Thank you so much for coming on. I'll keep you updated and I'll speak to you on Instagram as well. Have a lovely day. You too. Bye.